see him. This is the Three Ring Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Colton and Jesse back at you with another one. Uh, kind of a last-minute uh, episode here. Uh, but uh, today we're going to kind of, you know, the, the season has started and it's uh, going strong, at least for... You know, you got early goose season for us here locally, and then uh, in a lot of the other parts of the country, you know, they're hot and heavy on their till season. Uh, but uh, we'll kind of give you an update of where we're at with us and our season, and then uh, we're going to move on into uh, gear with uh, what we use and why we use it, and maybe kind of the pros and cons of it versus. Uh, my dog's barking. That's wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, maybe not each individual piece, but like just the main points of it. So, uh, so yeah, let's get started. So, uh, what's your season looked like so far, Jesse? So far, uh, it's been kind of slow. I've been uh, hunting just a couple times this season so far uh been seeing a lot of ducks uh but as far as the geese i haven't really seen much i've done a lot of kind of hunt scouts i guess you could say where i kind of just get on onyx find me a good uh find me a good uh, area and get in there and hunt where I think they're going to be and sometimes it works out sometimes it don't but I've I've gathered a lot of intel on my hunt so far so I think duck season is going to be using using the opportunity to get out just uh to scout more the less yeah yeah so and it's real hot right now so I think it's got our geese messed up anyway I mean they're I believe they're already on their fields and kind of coming back in the mornings. I think they're, they've already got their mindset on what they're going to do. And you just, I don't really like to pass shoot on geese, so I want to be right there where they're at. And, uh, it's just hard hunting, especially around here. I mean, our goose numbers are pretty low unless you go to the local uh, golf course or places like that we got a lot of resident geese that kind of like to hide out in the places that you can't hunt but sorry i i was listening but uh i was sitting there trying to post that story to the whole doing it for the gram uh and notice i had a uh a uh, message from a follower so uh we wasn't planning on doing a q a and it's not a Q&A, even though it is uh, only one question. But uh, uh, this guy's new to our area, and uh, 
you know, we'd try to give them a few tips and pointers and try to help them out and point them in the right direction. And uh, he had uh, just messaged me and says, uh, do all game lands, or says, sorry, I'm trying to figure out the game land permit application stuff. Do all game lands require permits? For example, the Nanahala game land, I can't find anything that says it requires a permit. Also, does Pisgah game land require them too? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, there is only one area that requires a waterfowl permit in western North Carolina. Uh, the Nanahala, uh, the Pisgah game lands, that as far as waterfowl goes, uh, those are, I mean, to be honest with you, there's not really any, there's not a, there's not a lot of waterfowl in those areas, so they don't really concentrate or even think about it, but not to say that you can't, I mean, we kill them there, you know, we, we've harvested plenty on Pisgah game lands, but, uh, uh, no, there's no permits, uh, now, Jesse, you would know better, uh, I believe he also deer hunts. Is there any permits or anything like that for the deer? I know John's River, John's River Game Lands has a, they have a deer permit. Yeah, they have a, they have a, a deer permit. Uh, but Pisgah I, I, Game Lands, I, I think it's just kind of going set up for deer, right? Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of. I mean, I don't, I don't deer hunt the uh, game lands around here, so I, it's kind of hard for me to speak on that. Like I said, I, the only one I know about is John's River. Yeah, I, I can't think of any that actually. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of first come, first serve type of deal. I mean, I know like with us and turkey hunting, we are very big in the Nantahala and Pisgah Forest, which, you know, not trailing the burn spots or whatever, but. Uh, that's a pretty broad there's a lot of acreage that, that's a lot of acreage there yeah. but uh, you know it just you know we run a gun on them and stuff so yeah uh, uh, as far as waterfowl goes though no those are just uh, you know you do have we do have some specific laws uh, you know obviously the no hunting on Sundays and stuff we had already talked about that as far as waterfowl uh then there's the uh what is it 150 yards from a dwelling like if you're on the river it's 150 yards from a dwelling and uh i i believe they can count if like the homeowner was ticked off or something you were hunting there uh they could count the like if they had a shed by down by the river correct basically just a structure i i believe yeah, that is at least that at least that's how we've always played it better safe than sorry uh, especially when it comes to f- waterfowl being federal and federally protected like you can get in some big big trouble over some duck hunting yeah if you ain't a hundred percent sure you might as well I mean one or two ducks ain't worth it yeah. just play it safe uh, limited ducks ain't worth it it's like I was listening to another podcast this week and uh, they're out in Kansas and 
the guy who has the podcast, uh, he's out in Kansas. He lives in Kansas and went out to a local marsh for their opener and uh, there was a mass group of not necessarily teenagers but probably younger kids or what younger guys or whatever probably in their 19 20 21 year old phase and they was out there just tearing that marsh up just ripping and roaring what he said was the loudest surface drive he's ever heard in his life and they had like 10 15 of them or something like that. it was a ouch but they killed like 102 birds mm. and it was just a ungodly number and the game wardens were sitting in the marsh watching them and when they left the game wardens went over there to where they were hunting and they had their the game wardens dogs and they searched the area and found like four or five or whatever ducks just laying there that they didn't pick up so like and it was they said it was obvious that they didn't it wasn't quote unquote that they didn't find them because they were like piled together and so then when they went and checked them at the boat ramp they were severely over their limit I hate so to be those guys I, I wouldn't be those guys don't be ignorant don't obey the laws if you want to continue to do this it's that simple but anyway so yeah uh, but I will send you a message and kind of if you listen to this uh I'll send you a message, and you'll probably have already read it by the time this comes out. But yeah, you get it. But anyway, so yeah, back to what you saying, Jesse. Uh, you know, I noticed I've noticed kind of the same thing. Uh, I in the couple of goose hunts that I've been on, you know, I got to take uh, my son, who's six years old or five years old. Sorry, he's five years old uh, on his first hunt. And that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, didn't get nothing that day, but that wasn't what it was about. And uh, so, but I used those times as uh, scouting or whatever. And I noticed I've seen a in that area. I've seen a lot more ducks than I normally see this time of year, especially. Yeah, I think on our trip last year, uh, we seen one hen mallard. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. Like that day I took my son, I I could have limited out on ducks if I was by myself. I mean, just flying right over top, had a couple land right in the spread, and heck, all we had out was geese. It's a good sign. Oh, yeah. it's uh, We're much bigger duck hunters than we are goose hunters. I love to chase ducks. Not that I don't love geese, too, but we just, we're not good at it. As a matter of fact, I've been on two hunts this year. And for the first time since I've lived in North Carolina, I finally killed my first goose in early goose season. And I've been hunting early goose season for on and off about 12 years, but not not really hard until the past two years. So basically in two years of early goose season, I finally just now killed one. Yeah, and we hit it pretty hard last year, I think. I mean between the two of us yeah i mean i had five or six hunts about you know and you weren't on all those and you went on a couple float trips by you got a goose before i did in early yeah. goose season i got lucky on on one uh 
one float trip that I took, and uh, I set up in a spot where I knew there was geese, and I actually had one just swam right up to me. Easy enough. It was easy enough. Uh, but that's that's kind of how early goose season is always like me and Kiefer how it's always been for me and him is like it's just you know we look forward to it just because it's just an excuse to finally be able to get back out again Uh, no we don't have very good luck with geese we're not good at goose hunting Uh, I feel like a lot of uh, our trouble around here is the geese don't really hang out on any any public land. No. I mean, I mean, I mean they loaf they loaf on the river some, but there's there's what we found is they've just been so inconsistent with their loaf spots or whatever on the river. There's there seems to be a lot that can change that. But you know, we've just used it as just hey, we can get out here with a gun finally legally. Yeah, that my my first hunt this year. I don't uh, which it, most of my hunts that I go on, if we kill ducks, that's great. But I'm just out there to have a good time. It's more of an experience for me. That's why I mean, early season. I mean, I could go bow hunt, but getting out there with your friends and family. I mean, that's that's eighty percent of the fun to me. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was a. Uh... It was a lot of fun taking Lane, and it, uh, I, you know, we went with uh, my cousin and his son. They're, his son's a year older than mine, and, you know, they're, uh, they were having a big old time with it and everything, and had a couple crows fly over. You know, this time of year, we can use electronic collar, so I don't have an electronic collar, but I have my, turtle box out there and it's pretty loud so I was like heck we'll we'll throw a crow call I seen some crow and they flew over and it, the boys had a blast with that but I gave them the full experience I cooked for them in the blind and uh, my cousin was like oh I didn't know you was going to cook for him I'm like yeah it's his first hunt I'm going to give him the, the full experience you know plus I figured it might buy us a little bit of extra time just I mean five and six years old they're they short attention span yeah he did a lot better than I thought he would yeah. now his my cousin's son he he like that he says that's what he wants to do when he grows up is he wants to hunt for a living that young and you know he went on the real foot trip with us and I, I was thoroughly surprised at how well he did I mean I knew he loved to hunt but good not and he was five years old when he did that and stuff but uh yeah we cooked them some sausage and white bread and they they had them a big old time and then he loved helping setting up the decoys and stuff didn't like picking them up he was pretty upset we had to leave but had to get them get them both back they're both on the they both play football and they're both on the same team so had to get them back for a football game but they had them a big old time that's how I am too. Once I get out there, it's you don't want to leave. Yeah, I don't want to leave. I think that's why we ended up. I think that's why we end up hunting so late is just because we, you know, we don't want to leave. We're content with just being out there. 
lot of I think times. that's I think that's why we're not uh you know, you hear about kill dependent hunters and stuff. You know, we all go through those phases, but I definitely don't think that is us or our group because we can you know, if it wasn't for priorities or prior obligations, I I could sit there all day. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say is out of the three of us normally one of us has to be back at a certain time. Uh, Kiefer's a busy man. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, just being out there and just kind of, I guess, being in the moment and getting to hang out with everybody, which we don't get to hang out much anymore. So once we get out there, we're just having a good time eating. We eat good. Uh, about every trip we go on, we cook, or Colton cooks, I I'm just mainly the one that has ducks fly over and I'm screaming and hollering and everybody's scrambling. And, uh, that first trip, you wasn't going to put that burrito down. No, no. But, uh, and we'll get into some of that. Uh, that's probably a good place to start on the, the gear list of what all we use, what all we take. Uh, so basically we take everything or I should rephrase that. I, I'm the one that's bad for it. I take everything but the kitchen sink. Sometimes I, if, if I had a portable kitchen sink, I might actually take it. Yeah. But, uh, segueing into that is, uh, so if you're hungry and you're starved to death, now listen, if you're somewhere you can go kill you a limit by 830, hey, yeah, you don't have to work. This is not for you. But if you're in Western North Carolina where you're just happy if you see a duck, then this one might be for you. But is I went to Walmart and bought the Ozark Trail version of a little Coleman camping stove. It's a little two burner for $17. And let me tell you, that thing has been through the ringer. This is its what? Second? Third? This is, yeah, this is its third season. So for three, I bought it three years ago before duck season. And this thing, I mean, when I say, you know, it's beating and banging around in the bottom of the boat and, you know, stuff all over, sand and crap all over it from, you know, getting thrown down on the, on the bank or whatever or falling or whatever. And no, I, it, some of the pieces, like it's got little side windshields or whatever. No, those don't exactly stay in place anymore, but the thing still works great. And for $17, I'd buy 10 more of them if they'd last this long. I was, I could not believe this thing has lasted. I'm going because I wanted to get that little uh, griddle, that little small griddle. That little black stone? Yeah, like yeah. the little bitty one or whatever, like little 17 inch. I wanted to swap to that so then I wouldn't have to like pots and pans to take too or like my two pan, little pans I take I was like well I can get that and just have to take a spatula you know and that's it but uh, I was like well I'll wait till this thing gives it up well here we are three years later and she's still rolling so I'm at, at this point it's like just see how long it'll last how long will the Ozark Trail $17 griddle, grill make it but uh you know, you can't stay out there a long time if you starve to death. Uh, a honey bun will only go so far. So, you know, uh, 
I'd have to say the blind special. The you know we only bring it out on the big hunts, opener, things like that. Uh, got a ain't got the hunt together in a while. We're all finally getting the hunt together, so it's going to be a big day. Uh, is the breakfast burrito, and what I do is uh, I'll take a mason jar and like you do however many eggs you want for you. But the night before, I crack, go ahead and crack my eggs in a mason jar, pour my salt and pepper in there and a little dash of milk, shake it up and put it back in the fridge. And in the morning, I just grab that mason jar. Easy way to transport eggs and don't have to worry about them spilling and stuff like that or whatever. And then uh, go buy you one of those pound rolls of sausage and uh, some burritos and a little cheese, a little hot sauce, a little taco sauce. Still can't find. We had a taco sauce two years ago that we loved. That stuff was great. Yeah, I still can't find it. I don't. The bad thing is I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> but you know, you make it however you want. Uh, one of the tried and true uh, meals is uh, just like I fed the youngins is sausage and white bread. It's quick, easy, and gets her done. A little mustard. A little strawberry jelly. Kids like the strawberry jelly. They were they were about it. I tell you, my favorite so far. Now the probably aside from the breakfast burritos is the uh, fried bologna. Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm a big cook. I love cooking. I love cooking at home too, and different things. But uh, I grew up my dad owning a barbecue restaurant, so. I just now in the past few years got to where I'll eat barbecue again, but uh, now I love it again and I love cooking it. And every once in a while, I'll smoke me a log of bologna and then slice it up, real big thick slices, and then uh, take us five, six, eight slices out to the blind. And then when it's time to eat, throw them on the griddle, kind of warm them up and fry them. Some mustard on them and white bread. That that's good. But uh making me hungry yeah uh yeah for $17 you you can't beat it can't beat it that is uh you know I got like a tote that I like like one of those uh Plano totes or whatever you call them I don't know what they're called but just a tote it's a dark green color so it's easy to hide or whatever and I keep the stove in there couple bottles of propane I keep you know brush material as far as like you know an a little hatchet uh, shears things like that where you might need to you know your tools or whatever to brush in a blind or things like that or get out of a hairy situation I keep all that in there uh, extra uh, like burlap or extra thing of burlap in there just because you never know when you might need some to hide or help your hide. Uh, what else is in there? Then I got my Ziploc baggies of uh, toilet paper, paper plates, and then a couple of cooking utensils. And that's about it. Spotlight usually ends up in there. Yeah. But uh, I even I take that even on you know when we're going on canoe trips because it fits in you know you get the right size box and fit right in the canoe so that box pretty well 
goes everywhere with us because like I said I like to take the kitchen sink because I have that box I have a toolbox in my boat that's full of hunting crap chairs and more burlap and blind material and uh, more tools than it uh, I've never seen anybody mount a tractor supply toolbox in their <laughs> boat but it is a good idea hey listen like the worry so we'll get into what we have it's gears you know we'll include boats and stuff in that too but listen so war eagle wanted like 350 dollars for a gun box that will not fit my gun yeah where where's the logic in this so i was like okay well it'd still be good use for a seat or you know storage obviously because my boat is highly lacking in storage so uh i was like i was about to pull the trigger on it and i was walking through through tractor supply and i happened to see a i don't even know what size toolbox that is. it's for a full-size truck yeah i mean it's massive and it had a slant on it on the front what is that slant for i don't really know the only thing i can think is it ain't squared like a, off the only thing I can think would be like a step side truck or, or like an extended cab that uh, may have like a shorter, but it's on the back, ain't it? Like if it, if you think about it being in the truck, it's where the latches are. So it would be yeah. like if you're standing in the truck bed, going to open up the toolbox, it's the slant is right there. So I don't know. I seen it and I was like, yeah, that's it. I don't remember how much it cost. It was like 200 something bucks. It was on sale. I'd say that's for, for like an extended cab truck because uh, like my toolbox, it's a full toolbox. But if you Toyota. if you put that slant towards the cab of the truck, then you couldn't open it. The latches would be up against the cab of the truck. I'm talking the, You're saying it'd give you just a hair more room to yeah, put something. the wheel wells in the back. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 I'm with you now. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. But anyways, I, I, I looked at it. I looked at that slant and I was like, that'll fit perfect and it'll take up a lot less room than a normal toolbox would yeah and i bought it without any taking any dimensions or anything i just like i think it'll work i bought it and sure enough it worked pretty good there's some days i wish it wasn't in there well that that's kind of like in my boat i like to have an open floor plan uh kind of uh, it's actually got an aftermarket uh, uh, live well, and I plan on pulling that out just because I like to have plenty of room for my feet. I like to be able to just throw everything in the floor or, or stack it how I want to. Yeah. My boat has absolutely no storage at all. Open floor concept. Yeah, I like the open floor. Open floor plan. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I have a 2006, I think it is. Yeah. 2006 uh, 754 LDSV, whatever all that stands for. Uh, War Eagle. Uh, I'd always wanted a War Eagle ever since I was a kid. And come across this one and pulled the trigger on it. And I absolutely love my boat. I really do. It is the best all around duck boat bow fishing fishing hanging out on the lake 
going swimming whatever boat I've ever had and it's got a 75 horse uh, Yamaha on the back four stroke and she'll she moves on pretty good she a uh, little lost a little bit with that toolbox when it's loaded down but I ain't really that worried about speed I can still outrun a lot of duck boats around here so well like you said with packing the kitchen sink whenever we get done loading this boat you can't walk in it you can't i mean you basically have one spot to sit down if you're not sitting on top of yeah gear it's uh so technically it's it's a 17 foot 54 inch base but uh it's technically like 17 foot 9 inches so that's why i say it's an 18 footer it's you know how skies are it's just shy it's 18 foot but so you got an 18 foot boat and we have to uh it's got that step down deck and that is the biggest to me i i hate that because when i fish i like to be right up even like i want to build a platform on it but Kiefer loves it because it kind of helps keep the decoys in because we pile decoys up there and then we'll throw like a cargo net or bungee cords over them especially for when we're doing 70 miles an hour down the interstate but uh yeah so we pile 18 foot boat slap full and then like he said there's three of us we're sitting on somebody sitting on top of something yeah because i've got we got all the decoys we take and then like if it's three of us you know three guns three blind bags the box i talk, i still take the box i talked about to keep the stove and stuff stays in uh now that i've started filming and things like that i have a uh, one of those yeti go boxes and that goes everywhere with me it's it's a lot it's a lot to keep up with but if I could change anything about my boat, it'd be that deck. And now that I've had a War Eagle, I love it, and I would absolutely buy another one. But if I can ever afford it, I want a Prodigy. Oh, yeah. And I want a center console. Them Prodigies are nice. I wanted a center console this time, but the wife didn't want one. And now she under because she's like, that looks weird. And I'm like, look, just trust me. She's like, you got to have give and take. So... Plus, I couldn't find uh, the one, the exact one center console that I wanted for the right price either. So this one was in the price range. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing I'd change would be this. There's not a lot of storage and that deck system. Maybe if I made like a removable deck for like when I'm bow fishing and fishing, I have the deck in. But then when duck season gets here, I take the deck out because i already change a bunch of stuff about my boat from fishing to fishing season to duck season yeah see that's my kind of open floor plan i can pretty much do anything that i want i feel like just throw everything out of the boat yeah yeah i mean uh if i had just a duck boat and that's all it was then I would absolutely 100% nothing but a tiller handle and nothing in it just completely open besides the trolling motor even though a lot of guys don't run trolling motors on duck dedicated boats I'll always have one 
Yeah, my boat, it's a uh, Excel uh, 1751. It's got the hunt deck on the back, and I've got the... I love that deck on the back of yours. It, it I is wish nice. I had something like that. It's not only handy for hunting purposes, but just getting in and out of the boat, like pull up on a sandbar or something, you can get in and out of it a lot easier. Um, oh, that's like mine. Like, you know, in the summertime, kids and stuff, we're out there swimming off of it. Like, I I pretty much have to pull up to a beach. Yeah. But, uh, and I've got the Mud Buddy 35 HD on the back. Uh, and I, I, I'm kind of in between going, uh, switching that over to an outboard, uh, but what you you feel like you've poured so much heart and time into uh, that mud buddy you don't want to let it go but you know the better option would be an outboard yeah it's it's kind of one of them where i finally got it right so i would feel good about selling it to somebody if i had to i yeah. wouldn't have, i wouldn't have sold it in the condition that i bought it in but it was hey we all learn lessons the yeah. hard ways like mom it's got a uh the lower units been on it and I've been running it like that since I bought it and just had the seals replaced in it. And the guy was like, bud, you know these, I'm not going to warranty this. Like, you know, uh, these could blow back out like tomorrow. I'm like, I understand that, but I can't do a whole complete rebuild right now. Yeah. Even though that's on the list of things to do, it's, but it's pretty low considering I'm, here we are September and I still ain't done a dang thing to that trailer out there. But yeah. technically, as far as like, we go like me you Kiefer a couple sleeping bags and a cot throw the canoes on top and off we go yeah. so I'm not that worried about it. like we'll still we're going to plan us a trip this year and use it you know it may only be a two three day trip but uh, I thought about something I was thinking about this today this could be a whole podcast episode yeah as we get us a map I've always wanted to do this. You know, we have talked about a lot of different places, like where we would like to go take a trip, uh, somewhere in Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina, somewhere down towards the coast, uh, you know, where Texas, like we've talked about a lot of different places. But this year we're going to be kind of confined. Like I said, we're only going to have it two three days at most to go somewhere so we're going to be pretty close so let's get us a map and get it enlarged of where say a four hour radius of us five hour radius something like that and blow it up real you know not like ginormous but pretty you know say 12 by 12 yeah or 15 by 15 and then blindfold one of us and throw a dart and yeah. wherever it sticks, that's where we're going. Got to hunt with, within so many miles. Got to yeah, got to hunt like we'll yeah. we'll set some parameters. Got to hunt within say fifty miles of where the dart is, and then like we just record all three of us sitting here going through on X. Okay, well I see this here. Or, you know, find you a place to camp. Uh, you know, find you some, you know, where you want to stay at, and then say okay, start start looking you know hope hope we hit somewhere near some game lands yeah i was gonna say my luck i 
wouldn't be no game plans within 50 I, miles. It'd all be private. Yeah, I would I would hit some, like... And then we go, well, boys, I guess we're going door knocking. I'd hit something like Asheville or somewhere like that. Yeah, it'd be our luck. We'd hit, like, home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not that far from Arkansas. Mm-mm. I mean, really. No, when Kiefer gets back, you know, he went down through Stuttgart and uh, a big stretch of the Mississippi Delta. When uh, and he's uh, even though his trip is not duck related, you know it's always on our brains. So mm-hmm. he's uh, we're gonna have him when he comes back on his first episode. We're gonna have him talk a little bit about his trip and what he's seen out there. Apparently, he's got a good story for y'all. He got bit by a duck the other night. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you get bit by a duck. I told him he should have took his shotgun and then just claimed self-defense. I I feel like he deserved it, whatever he did. He, I don't know what he did, but yeah. he said he got bum-rushed and got yeah. bit by a duck. And I'm like, only you. Yeah. So you, think, you thinking about selling the, the mud buddy? I, I've been on and off about it. I mean, I like it. I mean, uh, I do like it. I like its capabilities, but for where we are there's one spot that I can think of that it really helps. But that was that was me with the long tail. But if we was to take a trip to Texas, uh, somewhere like that, you know, take one of these big trips like we've talked about. Yeah. It would be your boat that we would take yeah. with that mud buddy just because not going there, I don't I mean yeah, I'll run my boat in some shallow water, but I'm not running mine through a grass marsh. Yeah. You know? Lily pads. Yeah, lily pads choking it out and everything. So, uh, not that you can't, but if you have that at your disposal, then why not just take that? Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking. Just keeps it, it keeps us a little bit more versatile uh, as to where, where we can go and what we can do. Uh, that, uh... Yours has got a, that kick plate on it, don't it? Is that mounted to, is that part of the motor or is that part of the motor mount? So mine has a kick plate for an outboard, uh, but I had to uh, put some bolts in that to actually kind of delete that and then mount a plate. And then the motor frame itself actually has oh, okay. a kick plate in it. So you could undo it if you did put a... Yeah. See, I wish mine had a kick. I want uh, one of those Atlas hydraulic jack plate kick plate whatever then yeah. I could really get in some shallow stuff with an outboard but uh, well I guess that kind of covers the boat they already know about the trailer as far as the plans for it and gear and doing with it uh, some other gear is uh, boat wise is I've got my new sports spot well it ain't new but it's new to me that uh 15 foot sports pile canoe that I just bought and if you don't know about those look into them uh, I might actually be more excited about using hunting out of my canoe this year than my actual war eagle because the stability on that thing is unbelievable and I can't wait for early season to get that thing in the swamp um, I love that thing I cannot wait to freaking hunt out of it well, and another thing, too, is uh, 
with that, we could probably load everything that we take. Oh, yeah. And how many people does it sit? Uh, it's rated for four. Okay, it actually so we, it actually says four on the tag, which I don't think that's four hefty boys like no. ourselves. But the th- but yes, your thing what I am the three of us and all our gear and just taking the one canoe. Yeah, I think that's definitely doable, very easily. Well, I I believe we'll find the weight limit on it eventually. I think I think we we can handle it. Yeah, I don't know if we was to take a trip though. It would probably be my canoe and your, uh, your, uh, I guess that's a hybrid technically, ain't it? Hybrid slash kayak. Ain't they considered in the hybrid family, those, uh, sportsmen's? Yeah, they're like a, I guess they're like a kayak canoe. The, uh, Old Town Sportsman 119. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of a. Yeah, I paddled it around a little bit in the marsh last year. And that was, I was surprised how stable it was. Yeah. It's yeah. fast, too. Yeah. It is fast. You have I would, so I still have my kayak, which is just like an old, like, sit on top, filled and stream, 12-footer, and it, it's pretty good. It's It's had its use and abuse. It's got 20 layers of spray paint on it covering up the neon green and stuff but uh i i'm holding on to it right now just for i'm not so sure how practical a 15 foot canoe is for solo hunts yeah (laughs) so but then again like once reba gets trained up and stuff like i don't know how well she'll do on that kayak but if I had yours, the wife would kill me. But that's what I'd love to do is get rid of my kayak and get the exact same thing you have, that yeah. uh, old town. That's what... Because wife, she would be great in that. That's what my wife uh, kind of had a hard time understanding was whenever I got into this stuff, I was buying canoes and boats and all these different things. I was always trading around, figuring out what I wanted. She was like, why do you need all this stuff? And I feel like if you're, if you, if you're just getting started, a canoe will do great for you. And then build from there. Oh yeah. You know. Uh, If somebody's just getting into it, I would, 100% 100% recommend uh, sit on top kayak or can I'm a canoe person I love canoe so I'm gonna suggest a canoe but you know a canoe or a kayak either one get on marketplace that's where I bought all mine at and uh, don't buy them new it's no. it's not worth buying a new kayak or a new canoe that's just my personal opinion find you a gently lightly used one for half the price yeah, and you got to think too. You're going to be taking this thing in Beating probably the roughest, yeah. roughest conditions that you could be using it in. So even when I got mine, I don't think it had a scratch on it, even though it was used. I did not want to take it down the river, uh, but after that first trip, I kind of got over that. Yeah, you don't want to. Uh, they're made for it. Yeah, but. Well, that pretty well covers all the vessels. Uh, 
What about decoys? What decoys are you running? So I've got my 12 pack of Tangle Free flocked heads. Mm-hmm. That I, I couldn't. Bought. I remember you had flocked head mallards, but I couldn't remember uh, what brand they were. Yeah, they're Tangle Free, and they are pretty. Do uh, they are they the hard plastic, or do they have like that EVA or like that rubber top material? They're the the hard plastic. They are. Yeah. Uh, they've actually I bought. They were so nice whenever I got them that I bought a, a slotted bag for them. And they actually haven't been on a hunt yet. Well, you probably need to change that. Yeah, they, I've, I've slid them down in that slotted bag. I rigged everything up, put them in there, put them up. And I'm, I've always just taken the... See, the, the, my deal with... I knew you had them flocked heads, but the, my deal with it was is... Because I've never had flocked heads, so I don't know. I mean, my, my goose decoys have them. But... I don't really know a lot about the differences. I know the purpose and everything, but I've always heard that like in your duck spread, don't run flocked heads with non-flocked heads. Like if you're gonna run flocked heads, they all need to be flocked. That makes sense. They'll pick so, out the differences yeah, between them. and it'll look weird too. Yeah. So, I'll and I know a lot of people, they'll pull them flocked heads out for weary birds. Like, you know, they're real nervous, things like that. And if you think about it, we should have absolutely, looking back, we should have absolutely ran those late season in the yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That might have been birds. just the last little piece of the puzzle to get those birds to fully commit. But we can still use them. We'll run them in early season this year. I've, I've kind of heard the same thing, but I've heard if you do run them together to do your flocked heads on the outside uh, and do your uh, normal decoys uh, in your actual kill hole, just... Well, that'll be something to keep in mind if we go somewhere like big and we need to set big spreads. Yeah. I mean, we set big spreads for around here, what people consider big, but uh, in other parts of the world, it's... It's uh, not even their daily runners. That the was it last year that we had that game warden come up to yeah. us, and he was like, "What he say?" He's like, "That that's the biggest spread I've ever seen." Or he's like, "Y'all." He's like, "That's the big." He's spread. like, "That's the biggest spread I've ever seen anybody yeah. set out here." And we're like, "Yeah, but you've never seen anybody kill this many ducks out here either, have that's you?" Right. That's right. Strength in numbers sometimes. Early uh, season's not. I've never, uh, uh, two years ago, two early seasons ago, me and Kiefer ran three decoys in the Thunderdome opening early season, and we did pretty good. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention, uh, something I, it always cracks me up whenever I think about it. I've never seen somebody, whenever they see a game warden at a boat ramp, uh, like Kiefer. I wish Kiefer was here to tell <laughs> yeah. this story. Yeah. Uh, we get out of the boat and the game warden pulls up and Kiefer looked at him. He was like, I'm glad we seen you. He's like, I got, he said, I got uh, questions for you. No, remember the game warden, uh, we got out of the boat and the game warden, we knew he wanted to check us and stuff like that. And obviously we're a hundred percent legal. 
and uh, like we knew he was going to check us, and the game warden's like, all right, well, I got a few questions for you or something like that, and Kiefer said, all right, well, that's all good and well and everything, but as soon as you finish yours, I'm glad I've seen you. I've got some questions for you. <laughs> and he's like, so, you know, we showed him all our stuff, and then uh, he was just kind of standing there, and Kiefer was like making sure he was done. He goes, all right, well, let's get to my questions now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what about the – and he just starts hammering this game board, and, and which uh, backstory is – we had been trying to get a hold of that game warden for three months. We had yeah. called, we had called the district office, the local office, everything, and been given because he was not necessarily he didn't he doesn't manage this area, but he's over that specific area we were hunting, and we had some questions about legalities and things like that. So, uh, how it was is we didn't know if we could legally hunt one part of the section. So we didn't hunt it. We hunted the section we were 100% sure on until we could. We were trying to call him, and we got given his number specifically. And we left voicemails and everything else. And then uh, we're sitting there talking or whatever. He answered Kiefer's questions and our questions and everything. And then uh, Kiefer goes, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what was your name again, sir? And he told him, and he goes, it's you. <laughs> it's you. I've been try I have been calling and leaving voicemail for three freaking months now on your phone. Yeah. And the game warden just kind of looked at him like, I get kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. It's not often that you got people looking for the game warden. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of ironic, given how Kiefer was kind of raised yeah. in hunting. Uh, and I will mention, uh, we wasn't technically 100% legal that day, because if you remember, uh, this is just an add-on for people oh, yeah. that don't know. Add a, added advice. Uh, I didn't actually sign on my duck stamp, the actual stamp I signed over to the side. And he said, uh, he was a real nice guy. Oh, yeah, he worked with us, I mean... He he said just he said just so you know he said I seen you did try to sign this, uh, but you need to actually move that over onto the stamp. So yeah. make sure you're doing that. Well, most places require you to put the stamp on your license. Oh really? Yeah. That's that's partially where that come from. But you know, me and you both, or well, I think all three of us were lifetime holders. So it's like we're. Uh, we have our lifetime license and stuff, so, uh, you know, we don't really have to, you know, you have your uh, gold card that we carry or whatever, but I do get a printout every year because you have to have your HIP number, too. You get a new HIP yeah. number every year. But, yeah, sign on the stamp. J and that is just the tip Tuesday. There you go. Uh, I know something else you got last year that uh well it didn't help us any but boy did it look good what was it them silhouettes yeah yeah so uh dive bomb industries uh i got the v2f i believe that's what they are yeah they got the flocked heads yeah those things are sweet oh yeah if you're looking for something small to pack in or uh you I'd know. love for our group to have about five dozen total. Yeah. 
I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work on getting a, getting a few more. Uh, mainly because I I am on a lease uh, towards the eastern part of North Carolina, and I haven't had the chance to go down there and uh, do any goose hunting yet. But well, it's technically a deer lease, ain't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, but I have seen a lot of geese oh, yeah. down there, and uh, while I've been deer hunting, and uh, also a ton of tundra swarm. Yeah. So. Didn't draw this year. You didn't. I didn't even put in for it. I didn't. I didn't put in for it. I have, my deal with it is if I kill, which you have gotten to kill one and stuff for, and I will eventually because it's kind of like the North Carolina, North Carolinian thing to do. Yeah. As far as waterfowl, but. Uh, uh, it's one of those things like they're such a ginormous bird but it could be the only time I ever kill one so it's like if I if that's the case and I do kill one I'm going to want it mounted yeah but where am I going to put that big bastard at <laughs> i tell you what I wanted to do is I wanted to get it like it's flying wings spread out and hook it to a ceiling fan just have that in my living room. You better have that ceiling fan hooked to a freaking eye beam. I was just gonna have to get another one to <laughs> to, to balance it out. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. As far as decoys, the decoys I run. Uh, a few years ago, I went in and bought uh, a dozen. I think it was. Yeah, a dozen Avian X's. And uh, I mean, I've got a ton more decoys, but as far as what I daily my daily use is those Avian X's, and I really like them. They have that, uh, it's not the hard plastic, they have that kind of like rubber, squishy feel. The paint, what people talk about, the paint holding up, the paint holds up a ton better. Uh, I've got a few Avian X wood ducks. Uh, uh, thinking about. See, we got in the teal heavy last year. I'd really like to get some teal decoys, but uh, the final approach, new final approach line is their decoys look pretty good, and they're made out of that rubber too. Uh, as far as geese goes, uh, Kiefer he has well between him and some others that we gathered up I don't know we got we run some goose floaters tangle free goose floaters and they've held up pretty good I mean they've definitely got used and abused there's a few avian our goose spreads kind of all over the place you got Jesse with the he's got them silhouettes and then we've got 12 or so uh uh, tangle free goose floaters and I've got a couple avian X's thrown in there that we've randomly acquired then uh, full bodies I've got six tangle free full bodies and then I've got these others that are like a half a shell type deal full body like the bottoms are open and then they got this little metal stake I hate those I absolutely hate them they would probably work great in a soft, in a field uh, like a soft, you know, a field that An gets that, field. that gets yeah. farmed every year. Yeah, 
but they don't. But even then, but even then, I'm not huge on how they look. I may sell them and buy some, try to buy some silhouettes or something. Yeah, that might be the the ticket. Because like, even right now, I'm not even running them. I ran those six uh, full actual full bodies that have the bases and everything. Well, I I tell you what I heard the or I seen something the other day, and they were talking about uh, I can't ever remember that guy's name, but he's got that bottomland camo bullet bass boat. Oh, they they raced. Uh, they had that big race the other day. Yeah, Did you see that? And he I, beat him. I didn't see the race. I think I heard him talking about it on one of them. Yeah, uh, that dude's funny, but uh, he was saying that if you're uh, if you're looking to get into duck hunting put, the jugs put one, well the, he's got the jugs paint them black yeah and so the guy in uh, Tennessee told me the same thing and here's the deal uh, you need to check with your local authorities on that oh really yeah I don't know what exact something in Tennessee they said was, but they also have like a, because I think it has something to do with like, I, it's something to do with the EPA or regulations there. They didn't like because that's what everybody spread was. You know, we're talking about the '60s, '70s, or whatever, or '80s, '90s. I don't remember, but he said that was the best decoy he ever had till they outlawed using plastic jugs and something now they do make like a decoy like those guys use them as filler decoys it's just like a rubber, a black rubber buoy huh and they just tie a weight to it is it is it because people were just you know since they ain't got money in them they were just leaving them out there I, I like I said I don't know the full extent of it that's been a few years since he told me that story but I remember him saying something along the same lines. I've got a strategy. You ready? So you take and do like you're jugging for catfish and rig you up a jug. Anchor it with like a light weight anchor. You didn't see them boys in Louisiana turn their duck decoys into jugs and catching catfish while they're duck hunting? I have not seen that, but that's a great idea. I do a lot of jug yeah. fishing in some of the places we duck hunt. And then you just... Uh, Whenever you catch a catfish, you got motion decoys. Yeah. I mean, win-win. Win-win. But what I was going to say, that that guy, he was he said something the other day. Uh, just take one decoy and just throw one decoy out there. And he was saying that something about just one lone duck by itself makes them want to land with them. That's what he said. Well, I might have to try it this yeah. year, the, the one decoy challenge. Yeah, let's do. I don't know where we're gonna do it at, but I'd be afraid to try. I'll tell you this because we have it so dialed in in one particular area of big water uh, in a certain time of the year. I will not try it then, and I will not try it in early season. Uh, we can try it in December, late December. Yeah, we'll try it then. Might just be the the thing we need. We'll do the one decoy challenge and let you know how it works out. But that's a few months from now yeah. before I'm willing to risk it. 
Because I have it so dialed in on the spots. Well, we'll definitely have more decoys if it don't work to throw out. No, we're, if we're going to do it, we'll just take one decoy for the whole day. I don't know. <laughs> nah, if you're going to commit, you got to commit. What, a, what is it that people always say? If we can get 100 followers, we'll do the one decoy challenge. The one decoy know. challenge? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of followers, I don't know how many we have, but a uh, little plug here. If uh, y'all are enjoying this, share it with people. Give us likes. Give us ratings. We are in the process. Hopefully, by the time this one comes out, we will be available on all platforms, not just Spotify. We'll be on iTunes or I don't know what else people use for podcasting or podcast listening, but... We will be available on all your major platforms coming here real soon. So, you know, when we get there, you know, share it with your friends and family, you know, like-minded folk. Uh, give us likes, ratings, whatever, you know, because uh, there is no real algorithm here when it comes to podcasting. It's uh, basically word of mouth, and, uh, you know, we enjoy doing these episodes and uh wanting this to be a continuation of doing it or whatever but uh you know let us know how we're doing but anyways uh what calls you running so you got any new ones this year i i don't but i i really want that jargon pretty bad uh i've been in between the uh the small talk and the live duck but as of now, I have the old Duck Commander uh, Jace Robinson edition, uh, regular old duck call. And whenever I first got it, it didn't sound very good. But that was one hundred percent me. I feel like I feel like as the, the years have gone on, it's sounding a little better and a little better. And I'm learning and kind of growing into it, I guess. Uh, but as far as like a budget call, I feel like you can't really go wrong. I did rain exit the other day. There's did another you? tip. There, there's another oh. just the tip Tuesday. If your calls are sticking on you because you got a big dip of snuff in, you blowing your call and they're sticking and hanging up. Pull your reed out. Clean the guts. Clean the barrel. Clean the uh, tone board. All of it. Dry it all out. You know, dry it all out. But before you put it back together, take rain X, just like you would follow the same directions for your car windshield, and put it on your reed. And do that. I do that at the beginning of every season. I didn't do that at all. What'd you do? So you know, it's got that little squirt bottle. Uh, I got I got a little dropper. You know, like kind of like usually. It's, you see my honing solution over there for knife sharpening. Yeah. I've got a little Rain-X bottle that big with just a little, like, spout. I don't know where I got it, but a little spout on it. And I just put a couple drops on it, wipe it around, then take a paper towel and wipe it off. So I, I just, I don't know if this, I mean, it sounds like Colton's got a better strategy, but uh, I just picked up a bottle of the Squirt Rain-X and just... Just sprayed it in there. Just sprayed it right Just take it apart. Just sprayed it in Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. But Rain-X will definitely help. Uh, let's see here. 
drag my lanyard down. I am. I used to. I used to be the guy that carried ten different calls with me on my lanyard. And last year I quit doing that because I it just really got annoying. So if I could be like the guys in Arkansas and carry one call, then I would. But they're not calling it geese at the same time. So I have three calls on my lanyard. Technically two right now because my goose calls off of it right now but my goose call is uh, uh, I am a pro staff field staff whatever you want to call it for Beaver Creek game calls and I am running the shorty two goose call and you know uh, if you like that old wooden antique looking call like it looks like calls did back in way back days you know then definitely give it a look it it sounds great it's very very budget friendly uh, what is, what is something like that called if you wouldn't ask I could have told you it's so if you want uh, the shorty two is not an acrylic it is a uh, polycarb not polycarb poly insert with the barrel being wood uh, I'm not sure what type of wood it is but it's uh, you know it has like a clear lacquer finish it's not like it's it's not made to look like an incredible like modern day call like I think that's what he was going for was kind of like that older style or whatever and it you know i like that look or whatever uh but it it sounds way better than me personally than i thought it would Th that wooden call like it having a wooden goose call i didn't think it would really be able to get loud and reach out there and touch them but it i've i've been pleasant i mean it called a it called that goose in for me hey maybe that was what last year was my yeah. the end of last year was my first time running it and then uh, now this year, we'll see how it does. But maybe that was the game changer. Yeah. Was uh, that shorty too on the early goose. But, yeah, I couldn't tell you. You just have to go check him out at beavercreekgamecalls.com. Uh, I know he's got an Instagram and stuff too. Probably a Facebook. Couldn't tell you. But uh, then I've got, of course, i got the old faithful uh, six-in-one whistle. Uh, keep a finisher. I like running the finisher nowadays, you know, having that on my lanyard. And then my tried and true duck call, I would blow a Beaver Creek game call duck call if I wasn't so in love with this call is a Haydale's Cajun Squealer. I have been running one for probably 15 years now. And I just keep buying, you know, the, you know, reeds only last so long. And back when I first started buying them, they was $11. And I'm probably about due for another one. Because, like, looking at this one, I can tell where my, the mouth goes, your mouth goes. Like, it's, it's stained brown. It's, it, it's stained brown with tobacco spit. And it still sounds good. <laughs> sounds in the uh judging by the wavelengths on the uh recording 
thing I'm using here, it looks like I just blew y'all's eardrums out. <laughs> it sounded good. I think uh, for for here's another piece of gear I forgot to talk about is Mojo. Just in recent years did I start running a Mojo in North Carolina because for the longest time I thought they flared ducks in North Carolina, and I do believe they do in certain areas. But the area, but anyways, and. So when I went out and bought one, I went all out. I bought the, the. I don't know what one it is. It's like the Elite something another or King or something another. And when I showed up with it, Kiefer said, well, I guess we're high class rednecks now. He's like, because I got this little, got the one with the little remote control on it, which looks like my antenna's bent. But yeah. And... Another little tip for you. You do what you want to if you run the mojo, but at every and any given point, I am always a fan of running it on intermitting instead of continuous. I, it saves on battery, and I just think it gives a different look than what they're used to seeing or what everybody else is running. And Jesse's number one job Remind me to turn the mojo off when yep. geese are coming. <laughs> I don't always remember. I'm too busy. Changing shells? Changing shells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big shell guy. It's not the best strategy. I don't know why I do it. It just makes me feel better. Whatever it takes, bud. Yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like we covered. I'm sure there's something we forgot or... So, guns. We ain't covered our guns. Yeah. My so the rest of the calls on my lanyard, uh I have the zinc uh nightmare on stage for a goose call. Mm-hmm. And uh for a budget call I feel like it's pretty good. Uh I'm sure there's a lot uh, there's people that can run it a lot better than I can. I know that for a fact, but uh um, I actually did have some geese fly by my house, and I actually got them to circle that field in front of my house. Uh, there you go. If you had yeah. decoys in, they might have landed. Yeah. They just looking to see where it's coming from. Yeah. Uh, that goose I got on the wall in there didn't have a single goose decoy out when I killed him. Yeah. <laughs> just got him close enough. Yeah. Uh, and I've got the zinc. Uh, I guess it's a six and one whistle. Oh yeah, your your whistle's the uh, like the little duck skull looking. Bug. Yeah, yeah. I do like the way that looks. Yeah, that's the main thing is you gotta look good when you're duck hunting. <laughs> Says the guy in, dr- dressed out in Sitka. Yeah. If you do anything, just make sure you look good. That reminds me. Did I send you that TikTok? Well, I mean, I know I sent you eight. I've sent I've sent a bunch of TikTok. Let's see. <clears throat> oh yeah, here it is. It says, uh, let's see if I can get it to play for y'all. It says when your hunting partner starts wearing sick and dipping zins. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you, wish I could just... 
<laughs> it is what it is. Sick is the best out there. Yeah, well, yeah, we covered that. But uh, I think we've covered what we shoot before, as far as gear or as far as that goes on a previous episode. But just to quickly run through it or whatever, just because we're covering, like I said, all the gear we run. On the daily basis, there might be a few odd and ball here. Oh, I know, real quick, motion ducks. Far superior to a regular jerk rig. Now, I carry, between the motion ducks and regular jerk rigs, I've got like five I carry on me at all times because, as everybody knows, I'm big on water motion. But the motion duck spreader is by far superior. But I mean, it looks better, it works better, it's easier it is worth the money i'm telling you i want to switch and i want to get the ultimate spreader now that i know how well it works but anyways uh, a few years ago quickly i as you some of you know as i bought a new rite masamara air king uh it's got the ser i paid the extra to get the one ser coated and has the uh don't know if that makes a difference or whatever but makes me feel better but uh, and then it's obviously in bottom land and uh and i went with it i did some research and stuff and been looking at different ones or whatever and just the way it's assembled you know the the barrel's not forged it's like they you know i i don't come from a machining background but i know enough about it to get me in trouble and anytime something is forged it's gonna be weaker than if it's drilled and they drill their barrels so it to me it's gonna you know that means it's gonna be more true more more uh what's the word i'm looking for the tightness of uh like it's not gonna bury as much yeah it's gonna have tolerance, your spec. tolerance yeah tolerance. tolerances there we go there's that ten dollar word i was looking for uh the you know the tolerances are going to be better and everything it to me that's going to make a better product uh one thing they do is they come back from the factory with lengthened fortune force what is it ain't it forcing comb forcing comb yeah and uh sorry uh once again i don't know if that makes a difference or not but some people say it does some people say it don't i know that Back in the day, a lot of your big-time skeet shooters, you know, world-class Olympic skeet shooters, would go have their forcing cones lengthened. So, I mean, hey, if they're doing it, why not? So, I believe as the as the shot comes out of the shell, that lengthened forcing cone uh, kind of gradually... It's not quite... It, gradually pulls saying. the shot together instead of it being a very quick yeah. thing and making making them bounce around or whatever yeah i see what you're saying but yeah and then they have the uh the one button uh i can mo remove my whole trigger assembly with one button instead of pins i not that i'm doing that in the field but we all know we've had to at some point do that in the field so uh and i've been extremely happy with how it's performed so far obviously uh we've talked about me when i went and shot skeet with it for the first time and ran everything through it and i mean 
it's been a great gun so far. We're going into, well, technically, last year was its first full season, so I ran it for a half a season before that. So this will be, a, you know, two and a half seasons, whatever. But uh, been pretty happy with it, pairing it with a kicks choke full. Uh, been really looking at Muller. Have you been looking at Muller chokes? I have heard about them. Uh, Dude, they look the, the patterns I'm seeing on a across the board. They look nasty. It's they're expensive. They're even more expensive than kicks or uh, pattern masters, or but they are they're pretty sweet. I, I really want one, but it's like 120 bucks for my gun. Yeah. But, uh, and then I pair that with obviously Migra ammunition, two, four stack load. Uh, they thump. That's just my personal opinion. That, that has been the combo that a lot of us has been using as the two, four stack load. And personally, I mean, I haven't shot a lot of ducks with other types of ammunition. Now I've got some Kents and stuff like that, but there's something about those Migras. They, they, they hit don't. hard. So there's another, if you don't know what shells to, to get, if you're getting started in this, try out Migras, see if they pattern good in your shotgun there. I I'm afraid to pattern, I've still yet to pattern mine. I'm afraid to. I'm afraid I'll see something I don't like. That's the biggest reason why I haven't patterned it. I'm afraid I'll see something I don't like because right now in my mind, it seems, and it, I tell you, I don't have near as many cripples. You know, cripples is not an issue. Uh, you know, things like that. I mean, they hit harder than a drunk stepdaddy at Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah, they they put the birds down, and I've I've uh, I've. I'll tell you one shell that I would like to try, uh, but they're a little pricey as boss. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'd, I, I'd say pricey. I'd like to try them, uh, but the way that I can kind of, uh, just the way that I think about it, we don't, we don't, sh- it ain't like we're shooting, you know, uh, two cases of shells a year at Ducks. Like, I, I, I bought I stockpiled up on Migras whenever we first found out I patterned them in my well, shop. I'll tell you what I'm having trouble finding Migras like uh, in the store right now so yeah. why don't you sell me the rest of your Migras then you can order you some balls yeah. that'd be hard to do <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one I'm going to try on the 20 gauge this year is uh, just because it partially was it wasn't all I could find, but it's what I felt comfortable with. Was uh, that new uh, Kent Fast Steel 2.0? We're gonna see. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of rave about it and their new design. They're they've redone it, and revamped it. So I figured 20 gauge might be a good time to try it. Yeah. Which the 20 gauge I have, which is technically my wife's gun, but. Let's face it, we all know I'm going to use it more than her. Is a uh, web, one of the new uh, Weatherby Elements 20 gauge. And, uh, I think I'm going to try it out on some tighter spots that we have this year. 
I will say something about that uh, that retay that you have. Mm-hmm. That thing is smooth. Uh, I shoot a Stoger M3K, and uh, I originally bought it to shoot three gun with. And uh, it's gas operated, ain't it? No, it's inertia. It is inertia. That, that's what I was gonna say. Was uh, it's a similar style, but there's something about the retail that just feels more refined uh, well well let's just say this so benelli's patent run up and ever since then there the market has been flooded with lookalikes per se and retail does have a lot of similarities in benelli but where they differ is, like I said, drilled, not forged barrels, the length and forcing cone, the removable trigger system. But don't take my word for it. Do your own research. But they both have the Creo Plus uh, threading for chokes. So they both, quote unquote, take the same choke tubes. And then the... Uh, the action is very very similar to Benelli's but they're big they have a big claim saying because you know everybody that's been around waterfowling or turkey hunting or whatever you have the Benelli click where that uh, bolt doesn't go all the way forward like you think it does and then click because your bolt isn't fully engaged you cannot make that bolt stick I have tried even when it's dirty my stoker will do it when it's dirty with uh, like light loads it will like I said I have literally tried to make that thing stick and aside from literally shoving the action full of sand and mud yeah not been able to so uh if if I if I can remember right, uh, Benelli does this, and I'm pretty sure Rite does this too. The barrels are uh, cryogenically treated. Yeah. So it basically they put them in like a, a cold chamber, basically, and freeze them, and that releases any kind of stress from. The machining process that's in now i know benelli does that i'm not 100 percent sure that retail does because i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure but i don't know that they need to because it's not ever forged yeah it's drilled so i don't know that they they may still do it just because of the drilling process i don't know yeah but like you know like your gun or any of my other guns have that seam that like my 870 has that seam running up the barrel you can see yeah that's you you know you get into more pricier guns and they machine that out but anyways well i think that's probably a good stopping point we uh we're at an hour and 20 something minutes now (laughs) sometimes we get off on rabbit trails and not really think about it but it is what it is. We enjoy doing it, and we love talking about duck hunting, so that's why it's 
sometimes it's just so easy to go and do. Uh, plans moving forward. Uh, I'm hoping to go do something in the morning. See how that goes. Maybe, maybe the next two days we'll see how it works out. Uh, I've only got four days left of early goose season that I can go because of work. So try to try to squeeze a couple more in here right at the end and then then it'll be the countdown to early season and getting ready for it i'm already ready for it but from what i've seen so far uh i feel like we're gonna have a pretty good three days in our early season yeah but anyway so uh this is colton and jesse and the three ring crew so We'll see you on the next one. It's down. It's down. You gotta deal with it, I'll watch these. I think these are all dead, ain't they? Yeah, good enough for me.